For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Morning Briefing. I'm Jeff DeForest. Great to have you with us here on No Filter, new platform for us, uh, working our way through our first week. That is Mike Luby Lubitz. And I have to say, Luby, as we start things out this morning, uh, I got caught up in a little bit of uh, real dementia and a degenerate activity <laughs> yesterday. I couldn't help but get wrapped up in it. I mean, all the news channels were broadcasting uh, this event with Donald Trump. Came out with the mugshot, which I don't know. Where does that rank? Does it rank up there with Nick Nolte, the mugshot of Donald Trump? I haven't seen a guy with that much makeup on ever in a mugshot. Uh, have you? No. Uh, I guess when Pee Wee Herman got arrested, he might have <laughs> had a little powder <laughs> on his face. But, uh, no, I think he had some powder in his nose uh, when he got elected. But uh, the mugshot notwithstanding, I mean, the big issue became, and this became uh, a thing in the degenerate world that uh, just spread like wildfire. And that was the possibility with these prop bets of betting the over-under on guessing Donald Trump's weight. Uh, the number originally came out at 245, which I thought was a very generous uh, number, considering that uh, when Donald Trump steps on his own private jet, he has to ask whoever uh, the service people are on the uh, plane for the seatbelt extender. I mean, uh, this guy is rotund. <laughs> and it's especially evident when wearing a golf shirt. Remember the guy that we loved on the pro golf tour, Kiridesh Effie Barnrat? Yes, sir. Who, when he wore those pastel uh, shirts uh, that, uh, you know, weren't exactly 100% cotton because he needed them to stretch a little bit, uh, looked like a Cristo art project. It looked like they were wrapping the <laughs> islands in Biscayne Bay, which uh, was, uh, you know, a project that was done many, many years ago. And people were saying, uh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what is this guy doing? Uh, so anyway, the, the weight comes out and it ended up being a, a stated weight. This was much like, uh, and this created a huge banking crisis many years ago when people were using stated income in uh, an effort to secure a loan on their home. And uh, then they were using uh, also just any inflated home value. Some guy would come out and uh, do an assessment and say, oh, yeah, yeah. You got a shack somewhere in Montana that Ted Kaczynski wouldn't even occupy. And it's 800000 for that. Borrow all the money that you want. Uh, so bogus numbers, I mean, have always been a part uh, of uh, any type of uh, activity that we've had uh, in the history of the human race, and especially so in sports, where there have been so many bogus height and weight listings, Luby. I, I don't know. I, it's like having Muggsy Bogues listed at 6'4", <laughs> instead of the 5'2", that he might have been. Uh, and weights especially are, are deceptive. What do you think they had in the PGA Tour Guide uh, for Colin Montgomery when he was playing golf. <laughs> Every guy wants to yell out and scream as soon as he's in the middle of his backswing, as soon as he gets into the post. Hey, miss it, fatso! <laughs> and they got Monty listed at like 189. <laughs> that, that's impossible. Daniel Vogelback. It'd be like saying, hey, this guy's 210. Ever seen yeah, this guy exactly. in the New York Mets? I mean, he looks like Terry Forster on steroids. Unbelievable. 
Although, uh, you know, I, he's supposedly a good hitter, but uh, it never really does that much. Uh, right there, Mendoza line, I think, are uh, hovering in that category. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, the over-under on Trump is 245. And okay. uh, you're thinking, man, I'm going over on that. You're wondering, you've seen the shots of him on the golf course with the red cap on and the white shirt. And is he wearing that same white shirt every time that he plays golf, or does he have several of those? I, I think they were mixed in with the documents. But uh, so 245, and I immediately I'm bombarded with people that want to take me on on this. And I'm thinking, I'm going to go over 245. Uh, the number climbs all the way to 278 and a hook before it finally went off. I think that's what it settled in at. And at that point, I'm taking the under thinking that fat is uh, less uh, in, in terms of uh, mass and substance than, than muscle would be. And there probably aren't too many uh, parts of the, the anatomy of Donald Trump. Uh, well, he claims that one muscle is especially active, but uh, well, we don't know about that. Um, so what do you think? Would you have gone over or under 278 and a hook, Donald Trump? I think he's 300 pounds. Like, I would have gone over. Like, I really think this whole thing. You think he's three? Well, we all think. Yeah, if he's if he's three six, three, if, he's, if he's the height he says he is, the, the girth he has to him, I, I don't see how he's less than 280. Like, I just don't see it. I, I think the height listing also was uh, very much like uh, it used to be when my dad was playing for the Century Village, a retirement uh, community basketball team. And he was uh, in his late 70s. Uh, there really wasn't much uh, in terms of action in those games. And they used running time like they're going to do in college football now, which uh, greatly accelerates uh, the, the game uh, to its conclusion. So take the unders uh, over the weekend. That's what everybody's saying in college football. Uh, anyway, they listed the people from the Century Village team at the height that they used to be. Uh, which, <laughs> are we not looking at Trump in that same capacity here at 6'3"? 6'3", 215. Luby, are you kidding me? I mean, what a bogus number. Even at a Don King weigh-in, you would not <laughs> find Donald Trump checking in at 215. Smoking Joe Frazier, I think, was 215 for the first Ali fight. That's crazy. George Foreman was like, you know, 240. <laughs> this guy's got to be three sticks uh, if uh, he's a pound. You're, you're right. Exactly. So uh, big-time bogus numbers. Uh, I, I don't know if they took that off the board. Remember when Shaq was like a bloated Shaq and he was playing his final days with the Miami Heat and they, they yep. claimed that he was uh, seven feet, 300. Ah. And you thought, uh, this guy's 360 if he weighs an ounce. Uh, <laughs> bogus numbers, though, well, always in sports. I remember uh, when Harold Miner was drafted by the Miami Heat uh, they, out of USC. Uh, I think they had him listed at 6'4". Mm -hmm. And uh, then I interviewed him, and I'm taller than he is. And uh, I, I stretched to six feet. You know, I, I'm also one that has fudged the claims about height and weight over the course of my lifetime. And you always feel badly about it because you're thinking, what if somebody just happens to have a scale when you tell them you weigh <laughs> 10? We would have liked to have seen it, but, uh, you know, it was an ugly uh, way to start out my degenerate betting weekend, especially since uh, we have trips to the track plan with the Travers coming up on Saturday at Saratoga and the onset of the college football season. And that's where we're going first here on the program. Notre Dame who I despise, as most people from South Florida do. Uh, there are reasons for it. I've never been a big fan of Notre Dame. I, I didn't really like their style of play. I uh, thought that they, uh, you know, had uh, so many people that just, uh, you know, adulation was way in, out of proportion with what they del were delivering overall. Then, then I became uh, more of a college football fan, uh, I, I would say, in my 30s when I moved to South Florida and the University of Miami was first making its ascent. You had great programs in the state. Your Florida State Seminoles under Bobby Bowden. 
I'll take another slice of mama's meatloaf. That is amazing, huh? How did he recruit so many kids, uh, Luby? Did, did he actually have like an iron cast stomach? Uh, were you aware of that uh, when you were attending? A, <laughs> did he ever come into the cafeteria and eat like one of the sloppy joes? No. Probably be throwing up all over himself. But yet he could go into any remote bastion of the universe and uh, drop in on some southern family and say, Mama, I'll have another slice of that pie, please. <laughs> Next thing you know, the kid's saying it, man. And he's like, yeah, I'll go to graduate school there. I'll make sure I maintain my eligibility. I'll get good grades, Bobby. Don't worry about a thing. Mm -hmm. it, it'd be great. But uh, never like Notre Dame, uh, you know, after I became uh, you know, a big observer of college football here, they, they had this big rivalry, a bitter rivalry against the University of Miami. Uh, it was the Catholics versus the convicts. Remember that? Uh, our team that we were rooting for here in South Florida was being uh, characterized in, in some in some very unflattering terms, you would have to say. And then at the end, after they started losing every game to the University of Miami, because Miami was getting good and they were winning championships, uh, yeah, maybe under some uh, suspect circumstances, you might say, hey, coach, you got those Pell Grants? Yeah, no, uh, they're coming, the investigators. You better put them in the drawer. <laughs> what didn't they find in Dennis Erickson's office? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Warren Sapp, you think he would have maintained his eligibility if they actually took a look at some of the transcripts? I don't mean to imply that he was not smart. God. I just don't think he was attending classes with the kind of diligence you would expect from a student athlete. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of uh, you know indiscretions uh, were taken advantage of by the University of Miami. Uh, strip club guys, Ponzi schemers. All kinds of crazy people. Luther Campbell, Miso Arnie. There's a guy that, uh, I mean, you talk about brilliant. Guy goes uh, to a diner somewhere. He's with a bunch of his friends. He writes down on a napkin three words, me so horny, and becomes a billionaire. Incredible. <laughs> got some Luther Campbell. Yes. I don't know if he made billions, but uh, he made a lot of money on this thing. I mean, he, he was able well, to live yeah. a very luxurious he and, and well. prosperous life, uh, you, you, would, you would think. So so every, you never know. You know, the stroke of genius could come from anywhere. Uh, our uh, despising Notre Dame, though, I think is well-founded. I don't know how you feel about Notre Dame. The I hate you root for them to lose every game, even though Marcus Freeman seems like a really good guy and he's taken over as the head coach? Freeman's Ooh. fine. Uh, I can't stand Notre Dame. I We didn't have the rivalry like FSU. Uh, that UM did, but I grew up in South Florida. So it was just an uh, overwhelming uh, emotional distaste for freaking Notre Dame. No matter if you're FSU, no, uh, UM, I don't know about UF, but I know FSU and UM fans that I know hated Notre Dame. Hated Notre Dame. Yeah. Rooting for Notre Dame is like rooting for Ron DeSantis to win president. <laughs> Like, uh, why, why am I weighing in on the side of the devil? I, I really don't mean to do that. <laughs> yeah, they had the whole thing with Eric Parsegian when uh, the Miami Hurricanes under Jimmy Johnson were running up the score in that one game. And Parsegian was doing the color analysis with Brent Musburger, who had money on the over. So here's Brent. I mean, you talk about two guys in a booth that you would have thought would have come to blows. Brent's, uh, you know, extolling uh, the virtues of uh, Jimmy going for it in the fourth quarter when he was up 55 to 10 or something and saying, yeah, yeah, pour it on. <laughs> uh, so Jimmy's throwing bombs. He's got all his starters in the game uh, with like two minutes to go. And Jerry Faust is like buried in the ground there, his face down in the dirt, embarrassed and ashamed that he actually took the job. And Parsegian is crying for him. Oh, can you believe these people? They're running up the score. <laughs> And you're thinking, you just beat Rice in your last game, uh, Jerry, or era. Uh, you know, you, you, yeah, you yeah. beat them, uh, you know, 81 to 3. <laughs> you had all of your All-Americans out there, all 22 of them. They were all exactly. out there on the field, man. Newt Rockney gave the speech at halftime. You dug them exactly. up from the grave. 
just because you wanted to inspire your kids to make sure that these, uh, you know, opponents of yours were trounced to the point of ultimate embarrassment and you appeased all of your uh, alumni by uh, putting forward a 70-point uh, victory. <laughs> Same, I mean, you shouldn't be crying. So, yeah, we, we don't like Notre Dame. Uh, that, that's established. And uh, they go against Navy, which is a team now uh, getting 20 in a hook, the midshipmen of Navy. A team I can't watch play football. I'm sorry. And I, I love our uh, servicemen <laughs> and our service academies. I am a red-blooded American, and I appreciate all you do to protect our freedoms. But I don't understand this, Louie. And I don't know if you have an answer for it either. How could you be training sophisticated pilots? Uh, you are uh, training uh, submarine commanders. You are training, uh, you know, the highest of intellectual, uh, you know, technical people. Uh, you have Navy SEALs, toughest of, uh, you know, human being that you could ever find. And you can't find one fucking guy that can throw the football at the whole academy. <laughs> I know Roger Staubach, he had to sit out five years and everybody's like, oh my God, can you believe that? He's not making the money. I mean, it's like a guy that's leading the Masters after three rounds, not declaring, declaring himself a professional yeah. uh, when he uh, entered as an amateur. Uh, I'm taking the million six, aren't you? Might be yep. two million the first time. Yep. So um, how is it possible that in the entire, uh, both service academies, uh, I, I, you're, you're saying Air Force throws the football? I, well, I guess they used to throw the football and even they would do the running crap now. Oh, this triple option is an offense that should be banned from college football. I mean, it should go the same way. We often talk about Dean Smith and the four corners being the most hideous, insipid, uh, I mean, outrageously bad offense that, that anybody, how could a brilliant coaching mind ha have exhibited uh, these kind of instincts and say, you know, like you're playing uh, Salucci back in the streets of Brooklyn, right? Let's keep it away from my little sister. Yeah. Hey, hey Barbara, try to catch this. Uh, I mean, playing keep away for an entire college basketball game. Uh, you, you've got uh, superstars and, uh, you know, burger all Americans from virtually, I mean, even checkers is putting out all Americans and you have all of them on your roster and you're going to freeze the ball. They would win what? Uh, well, there it is. Another North Carolina, the Tar Heels looking good today. 24 to six, the final <laughs> like a football score. <laughs> what the fuck? Dean Smith. Brilliant, right? So they had to put in a shot clock to, uh, you know, just uh, legislate that right out of the game, administrate it right out of the game. No more, you know, <laughs> you're going to have to take a shot once in a while. Uh, the triple option, I mean, should it not be banned for, from college football? The only two proponents of it, I guess, are Army and Navy. Yeah, yeah all the service academies. Georgia Tech used to do it for years um, under Paul Johnson. They don't really do it so much anymore. Uh, yes, it's a horrendous style of football. It's a style of football that was out of football outside of like little league, maybe high school in like Texas. Uh, but I guess it stems the tide. If you have less talent, it, offensive line wise, I guess it allows You're going into less a storm. Yes. offensive linemen to hold up against defensive lines that they normally couldn't. I, I don't know. I hate to, I, Georgia Tech did it. And I'm a Florida State fan and you're watching an offense that should be so easy. They're just running it every fucking time. Like they're running yes. it every time. And you're like, why can't they stop that it? stupid thing where the guy runs to the side and he looks this <laughs> way, maybe he hands up. Hey, you're like, hey, the fullback gets the ball once in a while. That's like a big Hate surprise. It. Hey, look at that. They let the big fat slob. Speaking of fat <laughs> run the football. I think John Riggins was 215. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's possible. Anyway, uh, so they're getting 20 and a half, uh, Navy. Everybody. I mean, Notre Dame has so many fans. You're thinking that the spread is going to climb in their favor. Mm -hmm. It opened up, I believe, 19 and a half. It's climbed to 20 and a half. 
okay. most circles everywhere that I see it. Uh, the game is being played in Dublin, Ireland, so you're going to have all those pasty uh, people that are in the crowd at the British Open, and, and they're going to be sitting around there uh, freezing their uh, nuts off as uh, they, they root home the Fighting Irish, their beloved Fighting Irish. Uh, Navy's going to be in there uh, just trying to stall this game and slow it down to an unbelievable, uh, unrelenting crawl. Uh, they, they do run the football well, as you might imagine, since that's all they do. And Notre Dame is not particularly a good run defense. All of the wise guys like Navy in this game getting 20 and a half, Louis. Yeah. What do you think? I, I, I'm there. I want to see Sam Hartman at Notre Dame before the Wake Forest transfer before I believe he's going to be the same guy he was at Wake Forest. He's they making also more money at Notre Dame than Mahomes, by the way. <laughs> is making with the Chiefs. He just got to deal with beats by Dre, so I'm sure he's doing okay. I I, I would go with Navy in that. Like, if we're making a, a pick, that's a lot. A, an opener, Notre Dame struggles in openers to cover. We, last year, they struggled out the gate. Um, I know it's a second year for Marcus Freeman. I know there's a lot of expectations and heat on Freeman and Notre Dame. I would go Navy. Getting, I, I would wait to see if it goes up a little bit more because I agree with you. I think the Notre Dame fans are going hard. So I would I want to see if it gets to 21 or 22, but I would go with Navy getting the points for sure. Everybody we've talked to uh, says the same thing. Michael Obi Libitz uh, that uh, yeah, Navy would be the play getting 20 in a hook. And that gets us started uh, with a uh, you know, actual you know, live uh, you know, I, I don't want to say uh, live bullets here and get uh, Alec Baldwin all excited, but uh, <laughs> that gets us started with the college football season. Now, we did have a couple of other uh, plays here uh, that we got uh, you know, from uh, various uh, handicappers. Uh, who, who like uh, who like uh, Hawaii, believe it or not, getting 17 and a half uh, after being blown out by uh, Vanderbilt last year on uh, on their home turf, right? The uh, Rainbows uh, ended up uh, losing by like 50 points last year. Supposedly, uh, they've made some kind of a, a turnaround and uh, Vanderbilt is not all that great. 17 and a half Hawaii. So uh, taking the dog there and uh, the under in the San Diego State uh, Ohio game was another one of our plays as um, the new rules are applicable. See, you have to take that into account. You're not new rules. Yes. They don't stop the clock anymore. It's your least favorite thing when you were playing basketball at the YMCA or, uh, you know, some recreational league. And they said, okay, eight minute quarters running time. <laughs> Meanwhile, the ball somehow rolls out the door of the gym there and is uh, down the hallway and the clock's still going. And uh, it's two nothing at the end of the first quarter as if you were playing for Dean Smith. When he was allowed to use the fourth quarters, uh, so uh, that, that that could be uh, a change that impacts uh, the early season over under totals, and uh, definitely uh, something to watch for uh, if you're inclined to uh, get involved in over under uh, proposition bets on these games. So uh, we we had a a very astute handicapper say take the under in, in that game at yeah. uh, forty nine, the San Diego yep. State game. All right, yep. uh, the spreads are relatively small, but uh, go ahead and take a shot. Yeah, Ohio so, and San Diego so. State. Yep, take under there. A couple of yeah, a couple of plays for you. I, I do like the fact that there's more betting in golf right now, and uh, there was a story out today about how Max Homa was getting heckled while he was uh, in, in the middle of putting because some drunk guy had the phone app out and he was uh, sending it in, and uh, all of a sudden there's Homa standing uh, over a putt uh, of some significance in this FedEx Championship uh, round of golf tournaments that are being played, uh, concluding this week. Got underway yesterday, and uh, you know, Homer's in contention, and the guy uh, yells out, shake it, <laughs> in the middle of his backswing. Just like we used to, you know, be, be screaming at Monty when he was out there on the course. Miss it, Fatso! I, I always thought heckling should be allowed in golf, though. I, I don't know how you feel about that. I agree. Oh, no, the fact that you have to be quiet, I think, is stupid. 
Every other sport, you're allowed to be loud. Like, aren't there exactly. professionals? They should be able to ignore it. Guys are, you know, uh, having sun reflectors out there in center field at Yankee <laughs> Stadium in the bleachers for years. Facing in, uh, you know, when they play day games in Major League Baseball on a more frequent basis. And, uh, you know, uh, nobody said anything about that, right? Incredible. All right. Um, that, that's going to do it for uh, the morning briefing, though. We get the college football season underway. Uh, 215, uh, a ridiculous number there uh, on uh, Donald Trump's weight. <laughs> I like the motorcade. It's almost like he's heading for a coronation, isn't it? He's <laughs> like Elizabeth. You would think he was going to be crowned king, which uh, I Elizabeth. guess was one of his intentions there. If uh, you listen to uh, the indictment there in Georgia, uh, great mugshot. That that'll be a T-shirt, or is it already? They probably already made it a T-shirt. Actually, his people. yeah. Yeah, and they should put good. height and weight, 6'3", 250, <laughs> as if he was coming out of the tunnel for uh, Texas yeah, A&M. Exactly. Hey, Jambo, <laughs> your linebacker looks a little bit light. All right, uh, we'll see you next time on the uh, morning briefing. Uh, thanks to the people here at No Filter. Uh, from Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest, and uh, we'll, we'll see you on Monday with the next edition of the show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.